center and coming in as Loom. Hewitt-Dyke centered it. Going. It is a very busy hour that we're about to start on this Thursday, November 30th with Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. It's Pat Steinberg with you. Let's dive in on the sports drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. So the Flames have traded Nikita Zadorov to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a third and a fifth round pick. The particulars on those two picks, it's a 2026 third round pick. So that is not this year's draft or next year's draft. It is the year after's draft, 2026, and a 2024 fifth round pick that is actually Chicago's pick that Vancouver acquired earlier this week in the trade that sent Anthony Beauvillier the other way. Let's go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. And and essentially, we'll... Um, Potentially be getting the opportunity to chat with Craig Conroy, GM of the Calgary Flames, uh, this hour. Um, but for the time being, just want to have the text line open to you at 960-960. Just want to give you the opportunity to get your thoughts in. Uh, been some differing opinions on this trade. Hello, Vix. Hello, the way. Patrick. How are you, buddy? Going. Let's kick um, it. Yeah, the, uh, the text line has been red hot. Uh, the trade came down just after 4 p.m. Calgary time, so just as we were starting our live first hour. In fact, we uh, started and then restarted. We said, you know what, screw the – we were talking about the Flames being resilient. Resiliency. And, and then all of a sudden we're like, hold on, we got to trade. Uh, let's just restart the hour. So you won't even hear that that, that uh, first three minutes of Flames talk, the last hour, the first hour of Spend this. Spent an hour researching all those numbers. I know. I, I had some great numbers. Numbers too on how much they trailed and how much they've led, and uh, we're never going to get to use. That's okay, it. Um, or at least not right now. Um, yeah, that that part is radio only because uh, we killed it and uh, started a brand new podcast hour because we had uh, some big news. What now that we've had about an hour or two now, now as we're starting this hour, we've had about one hour, sixty minutes to digest it. Here's the one thing that I I have thought about. There's a lot of people, I would say, I don't know, text line is a 50-50 split, I would say, of some like it, some don't like it. Social media is slightly more toxic place, I would suggest for it to you. Um, the world of Twitter is a, a toxic's the wrong word, but I just feel like negativity is fostered more on Twitter. So I, I feel like there is a little bit more negative response that we're seeing on this one. The... The thing that I have reconciled in my head again when I when this trade request first came across our desks on that Friday night after the Toronto shootout loss I said could they get a second and a fourth like is that something that they could end up getting that was that was kind of my ballpark a second round pick and maybe another pick is that something that they could end up getting and I think the answer to that question could be yes if you waited until the trade deadline 
The problem is I don't think this situation allowed for you to wait for the trade deadline because of the scenario, the, un- the discomfort that has been um, that, that has developed because of a public trade request. And I don't think Nikita was comfortable inside that room anymore. And I don't think uh, I, I, I think not like it was like a bullying or anything like that it was just like he didn't want to be here team wasn't happy with him after he put a public trade request out there and added more noise to the conversation and so I think that this still had to be done in an expedited fashion and so waiting until the trade deadline I don't think was going to serve the purposes of the organization either so could you have maybe gotten a little bit more had you waited until late Feb yeah maybe but I don't think that was realistic either. So I look at a third and a fifth. I know some absolutely despise it. I am not overwhelmed by it, but I don't think it's a, a poor return either. I think it's it's fine is how I would how I would phrase it. I would absolutely think that you would get more closer to the trade deadline just by way of teams being able to free up cap space and accrue cap space through the season to get to that trade deadline. And thus, you have a lot more landing spots where you could potentially put Nikita Zadorov, who didn't have any trade protection. The Vancouver Canucks had to move Anthony Beauvillier to make room to bring in Nikita Zadorov. We saw the report from Kevin Weeks that the Toronto Maple Leafs were interested in his services as well, but they would have needed the Calgary Flames to retain salary in order to do so. So suddenly, you're starting to look at the cap implications from two different teams that were interested in Nikita Zadorov. How many others were out there that were in a similar situation where they were, yeah, we, we would like to acquire his services, but we just don't have the cap room. And if the Calgary Flames weren't willing to uh, help facilitate a move by you know, retaining salary in a trade, then yeah, once you get closer to the trade deadline, when suddenly you're accruing cap space daily, 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 and you get to late February, and you might have a few more options to trade them. But the important thing to remember is by not retaining any salary, the Calgary Flames still have the ability to retain on three contracts at the trade deadline should they need to do so to boost trade values. Well, and that's, that is, as, as we get to the text in just a second, text line's open at 960-960, um, and, and we'll read as many as we can. Um, but there's a couple of other, I think, very important pieces of of the conversation one is that you just mentioned right there that because they do not retain salary they have all three of their salary retention spots still open which means and and all three of the remaining big name pending ufas all have larger cap hits right. than zadorov does so they still have cap retention available on all three of Hannafin, Lindholm, and Tanev, which I think is significant. Number two, because they haven't retained, they've cleared out $3.75 million in cap space. And I don't know off the top of my head, but that might allow them even to get out of LTIR and start to accrue cap space again on a daily basis, which could be something uh, that helps them as well. So the fact that they traded all $3.75 million without retention is significant on their cap A, and B, it's significant because now they still have their three salary retention slots open. I think there is an important caveat to throw out there too. And yes, but it, again, if you're the Calgary Flames, if you're Craig Conroy, I understand waiting till a later date if you do decide to move Elias Lindholm. Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev. But as you mentioned off the hop, I don't think this is one you're waiting until the trade deadline to move Nikita Zadorov with how public the trade request is, how it's likely sitting in the dressing room having a guy out there going, you know what, maybe it's best if we all just part ways as soon as possible. And then the nature of how that trade request came out via tweet post-game 
against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, the hockey mecca, media attention galore. This was something that the Calgary Flames, in my mind, had to do sooner rather than later. Waiting another two and a half, three months wasn't necessarily the best formula in my books. Let's read some texts, and I'm just going to get to as many as I can. We'll respond to some. We won't to others, and that's not because some are good and some are bad. It just It's very random. Um, this says uh, from Dustin and Drumheller, uh, they cleared cap and got picks. Isn't that what, isn't that what we all wanted? Maybe not. Maybe picks are not high, uh, but how many picks later in the draft have worked out? Lots have. Um, This says from Andrew, honestly, at first I was disappointed, but now hearing about all the intangibles, it's not as bad as I thought. Um, This from Doug in Chaparral, the way I'm looking at it, it's a third and a fifth in exchange for four months of Zadorov. The Flames might have to take lesser deals if they carry all their potential free agents to the deadline. There is that threshold, right? There's that threshold of, is it better to make a trade now so a team gets more of the player, or is it better to wait until the deadline so the acquiring team gets less of his cap hit, and it's different for every team in the situation they're in? Absolutely, and just in terms of the return itself, the Calgary Flames acquired a 25-year-old Nikita Zadorov from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a late third-round pick. It was Toronto's pick, if I'm not mistaken, uh, acquired by the Calgary Flames in David Riddick trade. And so two and a half years down the road, you're trading a third and a fifth for a 28-year-old pending unrestricted free agent, Nikita Zadorov. Now, I will argue that he's a better player today than he was two and a half years ago when you brought him in, but at the same time, the team now acquiring him, very limited in the window they have his services unless they re-sign him, and all accounts seem to be that he's looking for a longer-term deal for his next contract. Uh, this says good riddance. He's a turnover machine and a number 5D. People should stop thinking we're going to get high draft picks uh, for he's simply not that good. Um, this says from John, I expected a second for sure, but good point on cap space as I'll judge this trade as part of the others and judge it as a whole. Glennon Bonavista, glad to see him gone now. Clearly no better offers were available and wasn't worth keeping until the deadline. Fun fact, Zadorov is Russian for unexpected giveaway at your own blue line. I'm not entirely sure that's accurate. I don't know Russian, so I can't tell you. I can't tell you if that's true or false. Fair enough. Um, The the point about, um, I think it was Glenn and Bonavista, yeah, was that last text I just read. I do think it's important to remember that all of the fan account trade proposals are just that. And I'm not saying that they are irrelevant. I'm not saying that they aren't good fun fodder. What I'm saying is that they do not impact the GMs around the league. So I guess in that in that sense they are irrelevant. But they, it's not like it's not like Dubis isn't scouring Instagram for trade ideas. Patrick Alvine and Kyle Dubis and Brad Treliving are not looking at Twitter and saying, "Oh, you know, um Flames fan four nine seven three says that he should uh, that he should get a first and a third. Let's that's let's Wilsey's offer a burner first account. A what are you doing? <laughs> no, that's, poor guy. Wilsey's got several burner accounts. Okay. That's, not, that's not one of them. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I the, the, the court market, of public opinion or whatever you the, want to call the it. The market is not set by me, you, Twitter, Instagram, and Flames talk. It's set by the market which is the 32 NHL GMs. And so there, there was a, there's been a few texts saying, well, he should have got a second. 
And well, what about the trade for the Maple Leafs of uh, you know a first and Nick Robertson? What do you mean? <laughs> that that trade didn't exist. That was not on the table. This is why, like, well, Craig Conroy Conner could have got a first in Nick Robertson. Well, if that was true, would Nick Robinson that, that wouldn't deal, he be wouldn't he be on his way right now? That deal would have been made already. Like, Craig Conroy is not. He's not dumb. He's not dumber than he, he's he's not dumber that or dumb enough that he doesn't know that a first round pick. A he's not dumb. But one it's not, greater than two. It's like oh, first round pick or a third and a fifth. Huh? Which one should I go with? You know that first round. I don't want to trade with Tree though. He used to be my boss, so I'll take the significantly lower. Like no, <laughs> this is why I. This is what I don't understand about sometimes when you're like ah oh, that Toronto trade that I saw on. Flames fan buzz on Instagram is way better than what they got. This isn't. This is not a video game. It's why. I, so that anyway. It's not uh, EA Sports presents. Line, back to the text. Also, line. I just checked. Flames fan buzz is not a real. That's why I didn't want to like. I didn't want to throw shade because I actually don't know how many of those were out there from the. So fan there account. still was like a chance that existed. But I was like, I was pretty sure that one didn't exist. I don't want to, didn't want to throw like some of the good ones. Like you know, I like, I like the guys. See of Red Central, okay. I like the wind column. I like, uh, I like straight out of Calgary. Like these are good accounts. So I, I didn't want to throw one of those under the bus, and because I, they were not the ones that I was. I like at nine sixty Steinberg. That's my favorite. That's not. That's not even what it is. Oh, what? <laughs> Who are you been following? <laughs> Matt Steinberg. Um. This says, correction, guys, Zadorov's rushing for make the big hit but be completely out of position. Um, this from Pete and Str- Stringbank. Uh, Conroy just created trade currency, cap space and picks that can be used in other deals. That's smart to also get rid of a problem. Absolutely, and that's the other thing to take into consideration, too. You have this cap space. It allows you to do a lot of other things, whether you're going to replace the player for somebody now, whether you're going to facilitate a trade later that you're going to need to retain cap space on. Like You've opened up the possibility to do a lot of different things simply by not retaining on a player making $3.75 million. That's a pending unrestricted free agent. Uh, this reads, this is a perfect example of how sometimes fans can overvalue their own players. Uh, Brendan says, Vancouver got a third for Shen, and it was a third and seventh for Joel Edmondson. Zadorov's on the same level as those guys. I think it's a fair trade. Uh, Wedley says, Pat, I got McDavid for Zadorov in my hockey pool. Well, I'd say that, you know what? That... Actually, that's a good point. That's the best point made so far. If you know, if you can do it on a hockey pool, then uh, you you must be able to uh, do it in real life. Uh, also, somebody suggesting that they should have gotten more because it was in division. I I don't think that I don't think in 2023 that exists anymore. Um, I I really really don't think that the in division well, thing bumps up trade prices in 2023 like it did in 1986. Well, if you're not going to trade in division, you might not want to trade in conference either because you never know if you're competing with one of these teams for a wild card spot, so on and so forth. Like, just go get the biggest return you can. Like, you're, you owe it to your team and your Okay, so hold on. Like, the difference between playing in division and in conference is sometimes non-existent in terms of the regular season. Sometimes you play a central division team three times and you play a Pacific division team three times. And if it is more inside your division, it's one more game. So, like, really? Is that – yes, you're, well, helping, you're are... helping Vancouver. I get that. But also, he's a pending unrestricted free agent. And I don't think Vancouver's really that, – that all, all that right now is all that much of a factor for whether or not the Flames make the playoffs or not. 
just so you're, we're clear, I wasn't arguing in favor of the I, not I, trading it. I know, okay, I, know. I just wanted to make sure. And I think the thought is, is just because you're going to play them two or three or four more times as the Calgary Flames, you're bettering the Vancouver Canucks for the remaining 60 games of the season. But I don't subscribe to the don't trade in division. Like if, if one of your division rivals is offering you the absolute best deal on the table, that's the deal you take. Uh, this says Zadorov makes no impact on the Flames making or missing the playoffs. They're getting trade assets and great cap space for more flexibility to make bigger moves in the future, either by addition or subtraction of the current roster. It, he, it, it did say um, he was doing voice to text, and um, it said the door off. Uh, the door off makes no impact on the – but we, we got it. Uh, Ted in Calgary writes that. Um, this says, why wouldn't they wait until Monday after playing Vancouver before making this trade? Because that's overthinking. It truly is. Maybe they, they want to play against them. Maybe they do. Uh, this says the Canucks are also trading in the division. That's the other thing. It's like the Vancouver Canucks are also giving up. What if they turn that third-round pick into something really good, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, that player, uh, Canucks going to have that third-round pick. Like, both teams are trading in the division. Yep, I mean, that's a valid point, too. Uh, this says, um, there's so many, uh, there's so many texts to get to, uh, because we are getting them in like 42, 42 a second. Um, what do we got here? Dustin in Calgary says not overwhelmed, but not disappointed. I wonder if this move turns up the heat on the old tree to get a better return, uh, on Tanev. Um, is, this says, is whelmed a word? Is just can you just be whelmed? I don't know because I feel like be that texture was whelmed. That's kind of that's kind of what I would be. You're I'm not, not overwhelmed. I'm, you're not underwhelmed. You're just whelmed. That's why I say it, it's fine. It's not. It's not like a home run. It's not like Conroy stepped up and had a wiffle bat and cranked a home run off of um, off of a major league pitcher or anything like that. But he also didn't foul out with the bases loaded. Like it, he, it's a fine trade. Like he got contact. He made the move, and we'll see where it goes. It's like okay, he got to first base again for me. And maybe I was just a little bit lower on Zadorov than everyone else, but I, I would have been gauging the response or sorry the return at a second round pick and you don't have to squint very hard to go from second round pick to third and a fifth especially when you're talking draft capital i know these picks in particular are in different years so it's not like you're going to use one to move up or you're going to pair them together to move up in the draft in one singular draft but typically moving from the third round to the second round costs you either a fourth or a fifth round pick so I kind of equate the two a little bit. Uh, this says, underwhelming return for sure. Was hoping they would have waited it out. Wish the show wasn't so afraid to openly criticize the Flames. Uh, knew what the take would be before hearing it. I, I, fair, if that's what you think. That's, but honestly, why? If, if you've got a situation that is a distraction and that needed to be taken care of, why wait? And so, yeah, you can go down that road if you want, but that's not the truth, and you can you can think what you'd like. This says, this trade scares the you-know-what out of me. If this is what the retool rebuild's going to look like, then forget it. Let's be honest, a third-round pick three years from now and a fifth-rounder now is a whole lot of nothing. This helps no rebuild or retool. Thanks for the cap space, I guess. Canucks win hands down. Uh, this says, horrible return. Um, this says, I think it's a big price for the Canucks to pay if he's just a rental. Allows them to put Hughes and Roenick back together. Um, this says, cap space itself at the deadline and being able to retain $5 million then will be a better return than we would get now. Um, this from Jerry and the Tokes. 
in Okotoks. Gentlemen, just because someone asks for a trade, you don't undervalue your assets, i.e. to Foley and Zadorov. I say Conroy's 0 for 2 so far, and that's scary with the other assets he has. Can't wait uh, to hear him saying he could only get a third rounder for Tanev, and you guys protect him because he's a nice guy. Taking salary and waiting to drive your price up makes sense. They don't have a lot in the cupboards for defensemen, so no need to rush. Trade rating from Jerry is a D minus. You uh, you got very antsy there. You I don't know antsy. In. I kind of just yeah. did the one finger. I might want to respond to that. It's not Craig Conroy setting the market and undervaluing his assets. Craig Conroy doesn't set the value on Nikita Zadorov. 39, or pardon me, 31 other GMs set the market by either making an offer or not making an offer at all on Nikita Zadorov. So it's not as though Craig Conroy is going, yep, third and a fifth, here we go. He's accepting offers, he's fielding offers, he's having conversations with other general managers, and they're telling him what they're willing to pay for Nikita Zadorov. This is what the team that can bring in Nikita Zadorov on Thursday, November 30th, is able to pay, and it's the highest return that... I'm, I'm going to go right now, I'm going to say that that's the highest return that Craig Conroy was offered in exchange for Nikita Zadorov right with now, no, with, anyway. right now yeah. with no retention. Um, this says if they, by the way, I don't agree on the 0 for 2. I don't, I, I will never understand the dislike of the Toffoli trade. Tyler Toffoli wanted to sign a long-term contract. He wanted a seven-year deal to stay in Calgary. That would not have made sense for the direction the Flames were going. It would have been completely. Well, and a raise on his current cap hit. Wanted, wanted a raise and a seven-year deal. Would have been a complete antithesis of what Craig Conroy first said when he took over the team that had people so excited about wanting to get younger then he goes out and signs a 30-plus-year-old to a seven-year deal. So Toffoli was like, okay, well, then I, I, I won't be staying on a short-term deal. I request a trade. So they made a trade. They got a good player, a much younger player in Sharon Govich, who's really started to come along here in the last month. And they got a third-round pick, and they used on uh, Suniev. And we'll see how it turns out. That is not the... Horrible 0 for 2 and, and complete swing and a miss. I thought that was a very strong trade for for the Flames on the Toffoli front. We'll see how the Zadorov one uh, goes here in the next uh, in the next little bit. Um, this says if they would have gotten a seventh, that would have been enough. Cap space and a distraction out of the room. Happily take it. This in capital letters says uh, not every trade has to be a 10-beller. All that reminds me of not everybody knows how to do everything. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know Sorry. how to drive? No. <laughs> um, nobody liked it to fully trade at first. I'm Team Conroy going to miss Big Z. That's from Kevin in St. Albert. Uh, this says, I like the message this sends to the rest of the Flames. Do your job. Keep your negotiations out of the media and the public eye. If you don't want to be here, then we don't want you here either. That's from James. Um... This says, I tell you what I think, but no one really cares. Every opinion is different. Uh, time will tell. Uh, this says, I love it. Let the team be the team moving forward. This reads, does anyone remember when Pierre Dorian wouldn't trade Hoffman from Ottawa to Florida because they were in the same division, so he traded him to San Jose for a significantly less return than the Sharks immediately traded him <laughs> to Florida, and they ended up in the same division anyways. Long story short, take the best return no matter where it comes from. Here, here is what I say on that, except maybe Edmonton. Uh, um, this says, take it from somebody who has worked with distractions in the workplace. It's better to get rid of them than have them around due to the problems they cause. Happiness, they're moving on at this point. That's from Jarrett in Calgary. Um, 
This reads, uh, let's face it, he was starting to become a problem in the locker room. It's probably best if they move them out. Think of it kind of like getting a bottle of gas relief pills and you find uh, gas relief pills <laughs> and you finally, uh, you finally get to relieve yourself. I see what that uh, text is getting. There you go. Um, this says, Flames fans can't argue that Zadorov's a bottom three D-man and then expect high draft picks for him. Um, and uh, Heath says, I bet Van can flip him to Toronto or another team for more. Why would Vancouver be wanting to flip him? They got him for a reason. They are they brought him in because they wanted blue line help because they're hurt and they believe that they are capable of doing something this year. They're not doing this to flip him to Toronto. Oh, and even still, if Vancouver wants to retain to make it happen because the Toronto Maple Leafs are in a cap situation where they couldn't just take Nikita Zadorov, then so be it. But the Calgary Flames at this juncture, based on either the return or the lack of return for from what the deals were going to look like, didn't go the uh, Toronto route, according to Kevin Weeks, because the Toronto Maple Leafs needed salary retention. That's something the Calgary Flames weren't looking to do at this point in time. Uh, we're underway this hour on Flames Talk. That's your look inside hockey. Inside hockey is brought to you by our friends at Calgary Co-op. Let's go local Calgary from best from the West Canadian produce to quality only Alberta meats. Find your local at Calgary Co-op. Shop online or in-store today. You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's roll on. Steinberg and Vickers along with you from the Scotiabank Saddledome on this Thursday night. Still talking all about the uh, Nikita Zadorov trade. He gets dealt to the Vancouver Canucks for a third and a fifth. What do we make before we get back to the text line? And, uh, again, still working on trying to bring you Craig Conroy. Uh, if we don't get him this hour on Flamestock and he does join us on pregame, we'll make sure that we package that up for you and have it available for you on uh, your Flamestock podcast feed. But we're still working on getting uh, Craig Conroy on the program at some point as well. Um, what do we make about the fit in Vancouver for Zadorov? Like, we're, we're talking a lot about what the Flames have gotten, and there's been a lot of back and forth as to whether or not it was uh, an underwhelming return or not. Um, I, I actually, the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, so they, they needed to move this guy out. Um, I think the hot take is, well, they should have gotten a second-round pick for him. That's the real easy hot take. But I don't think that existed right now. They needed to relieve themselves of what was turning and had been a problem. They could not wait until the trade deadline when they were going to get perhaps the maximum value, perhaps, for Zadorov. That's why I say this trade's fine. I, I don't think this is a poor trade. I think that the, oh, my God, they only got two draft picks for a pending UFA f- number five defenseman. I think that's, that's a, a little bit personally, I think, that's that's I don't agree with that sentiment. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I quite disagree with it. But I also don't think this is a as one of the texters said earlier, not everything's got to be a ten beller. This one's fine. I, I don't think that this is a fail. I don't think that this is uh, as as underwhelming as some are making it out to be. But this also isn't. Oh my God, the Flames just fleeced the Vancouver Canucks. They didn't. But what they did was they moved out a player that needed to be moved out. They got full cap relief on it, and they did not have to retain, which keeps their three retention spots available going into other potential trades between now and March 8th. But that's the flame side. What do we think about it on the Canucks side? I don't mind it from the side of the Vancouver Canucks because as you look through their depth chart, they've got a solid top four in Quinn Hughes, Phil Ronick, 
Ian Cole, Tyler Myers. But then they also, who, they had Carson Soucy, who they acquired in the offseason, signed him. He's on LTIR. So right now you've got Noah Juleson and Mark Friedman playing, I don't want to say significant minutes for the Vancouver Canucks, but you're, they're up around the 12-13 minute mark. And by bringing in Nikita Zadorov without sacrificing somebody off of your current roster, just strengthens the Canucks defense that much more. And it gives them, again, an element of a guy that can provide a big physical presence. There's some offensive upside to Nikita Zadorov. I don't dispute that whatsoever. What I think it does for Vancouver is allows them to slot just a little bit better in their bottom pairing, or it gives them the opportunity to explore a couple of things with Nikita Zadorov playing him in the top four as well. I, I actually quite like the fit for the Canucks. I think that they, you know, um, I, I don't think the Flames have gotten fleeced, but I do think the Canucks have brought in a player that, that is going to really help solidify things. When Susie's back and, you know, what uh, what Roenick has done there and the step that Hughes has taken, I, I think that this I think this makes the Canucks uh, uh, a nice little bit better. I think it's a good trade for Vancouver. I really do. For me, return notwithstanding, I feel like, Chris Tanev might have been a better fit from a personnel standpoint than Nikita Zadorov, but I am curious to see what the Canucks do, and of course we'll see them Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, watching Nikita Zadorov's Vancouver Canucks debut. I'm just sitting there staring at Tyler Myers, and I'm going, what would that pairing look like for better or worse when you have two absolute towers, one's a left shot, one's a right shot, playing upwards of 18, 19 minutes a night together? I just... I don't know if it's just the size thing that I'm looking at, but I just feel like that's something I need to see at some point just to see how opposing forwards navigate entering the Vancouver Canucks zone when you've got six foot seven on one side and six foot seven, six foot eight on the other. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where things are on the Vancouver side of things. The Canucks bringing in Zadorov at his full hit uh, at $3.75 million. Back to the text line at 960-960 for the rest of the hour um, and uh, potentially uh, might still be able to hear from Craig Conroy. We shall see. Uh, this says, Flames got fleeced and who cares about the Canucks? Okay, fair enough. Um, this says, so Calgary got a big cap break and some draft picks. Great job, Conroy. That comes from Jacob. Uh, this says, my only beef with the Zadorov trade is that the Flames lack a breakaway specialist to capitalize on all the neutral zone giveaways they'll be gifted against the Canucks the rest of the oh. season. That's from Randall in Calgary. <laughs> Randall, coming in hot. Um... This says from Brett, all this does is tell other GMs that you can really take advantage of an inexperienced Craig Conroy. This will be a hard lesson to learn for Conroy. The backlash will be relentless. Brett, uh, the only thing I ask is, how the hell do you know? Like, what? Th- this is what this is what I, I I always push back on with when it's and I always just wonder aloud. Okay, Conroy got fleeced. Do you think Nikita Zadorov needed to be traded? If the answer is yes. What if this was the market? What what if this truly is the best that could be done, regardless if his name is Craig Conroy or anything else? It's what I don't understand. It's like, oh, well, he clearly, Patrick Alvine, who has one more year of general manager experience than Craig Conroy, clearly took Craig to the to the woodshed. I'm not even saying this because I, I have an affinity for the GM, which I do. I'm a big Conroy guy. I am. I'll be the first to say it. But, like, I... How 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 do you even how do you become so 
definitive and so convinced in your own opinion that it must be right, knowing nothing of what was going. You and I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. All I know is that this has been on the front burner for the Flames since the trade request became public. They were trying to do it in an expedited fashion, and they were trying to get the best possible return they could get right now. They had three or four teams that were interested in him. So again, are you telling me that this is that there was a better offer on the table and, and the Flames just decided to turn it down? That's that's what I don't understand. That well, they could have got a second round pick from one of the other teams. How do you know? What if they weren't offering that? Um, anyway, well, go and, quickly, and then Craig's calling us well, right and away. And here. the other thing here is it's not like the Calgary Flames hired Aaron Vickers with no GM experience to be the general manager. Craig Conroy spent a decade in the front office. He's been in these talks for the better part of his front office career. It's not like this is a new situation or a new scenario for him. Uh, okay, let's uh, do a quick reset. It is Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it is a Thursday, November 30th. Pat Steinberg, Aaron Vickers along with you, and we're about to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and say hello to the general manager of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy. Uh, here's the deal. Flames have sent Nikita Zadorov to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a third-round pick in 2026 and a fifth-round pick in 2024. Flames GM Craig Conroy joins us on Flames Talk right now. Craig, appreciate the time. Uh, I guess, first of all, how, uh, how has today been on this Thursday? Take us, through the, take us through the Nikita Zadorov trade that is now official. Well, obviously, have been talking to teams on Nikita uh, for a little while, and you know, it just came to a point today where you know, they, they, Vancouver came with a deal that I felt helps the Calgary Flames. You know, I think Everybody, uh, when you look at the deal, you'll say, we paid a third when we acquired Nikita. We got a third, plus we got another pick. Gives us cap flexibility, which is really an important thing for us. And it also gives us an opportunity to bring up a a good young player that we believe in and we think is going to be able to take that spot. And now I'm going to get to see him if he can actually do it, game in and Uh, game out. Are you willing to say who that player is? I'm not going to say today, but okay, it'll be soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought I'd try anyway. Um, <laughs> what, uh, Craig? So you you make this deal and you uh, you you send uh, you send Nikita to Vancouver. Just overall, how many teams were you talking with? What type of market was out there, and and how how intense were the talks since that trade request became public? You know, I mean, I think, you know, you're talking to teams uh, all the time, but, you know, there was interest, and I worked through it, and you kind of see where the market is. You you see where people believe, you know, your player's worth, and, you know, you everyone thinks there's a value, maybe higher, lower, but uh, and then you come to the, the conclusion is to make a deal now in the NHL with the money, with retention, to not retain any money, to have three – retentions remaining is, is, is very valuable also. I mean, if you talk to any GM in the league, those are, uh, those are another chip for you. So, you know, for us to do this without retaining money, uh, obviously <laughs> going to Vancouver, uh, I just, it, you probably, that's not the place you'd want them to go, but in the end, I'm, I got to do what's right for the team. And this is what I thought was right for the team. 
what what is uh, because there's been a little bit of talk on our text line today uh, about that. What is your philosophy on trading inside the division, Craig? You know, it's it's always I want to find out where the market is, see what I can get for the player Nikita, and then if the best deal for me is Vancouver, then I I, I made the deal with Vancouver. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, I have to do what's best for the team moving forward. I mean, my goal here is to win. That's that's it. And, you know, we, we've we been playing better hockey. I still believe we have a good group down there, and we're, and we're going to win. And I, I plan on going out there tonight. I expect my team to, you know, come out on top against Dallas. Does um I, I I am curious. There's, there's a lot of people who have uh, wondered if by trading Nikita, this indicates uh, a, a certain directional shift for the group. Craig, is is that something that that you believe this trade does, or is this a situation where there was a guy who had asked to be traded and you were just fulfilling a request? You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm not just gonna do something because someone asked for something, but. In the end, I think in my first press conference, I want people that want to be here. And I, I don't think Nikita doesn't want to be here or didn't want to be here. I mean, I had lots of talks with him. He's a, he's a pro. He's a good person. You know, I think he was frustrated with ice time a little bit at times. And, you know, those things happen. But in the end, this doesn't mean anything other than, you know, uh, I made a trade with Vancouver for Zadorov today. That, that's it. I mean, that, I okay. don't want people to lead into anything else. Okay. Uh, we're chatting with Craig Conroy, the general manager of the Calgary Flames, after sending Nikita Zadorov to the Vancouver Canucks. Did, did you feel like there was um, urgency to get this done? How how much urgency was there, or or were you willing to to wait? I'm just curious as to what what your timeline was for this internally. Well, there was there was no timeline. I mean, you know, you, you kind of set a price, and and you're trying to get that price, and you know that's. In my mind, it was always, if I get it, um, the one nice thing is to have the cap space. It allows me to be able to call up players. It allows me to make, you know, other moves. You can acquire players. You can uh, use that at the trade deadline as as capital to get picks, uh, maybe a go-between with another team. You know, it's just there, there's a lot of things that kind of make sense when you sit back and think about it. Um, and it just was the time to do it, but I didn't. I didn't put a time frame. I mean, Nikita was was totally fine. He he was a good teammate. He was a good person. He was good in the locker room. So you know, there was no rush where I had to get him out of here. I just felt like at this time, with everything that was going on, knowing what's out there, this was this is what the time to do it. Can you uh, let Let's first of all talk about. The, the the there's kind of two angles on the retention side of things. First of all, trading a player and not having to retain his cap space at all, and and getting that entire three point seven five million dollars for the rest of the season. In in terms of flexibility, what does that do for you? <laughs> it's uh, it allows me to make a lot more decisions and make just moves if I want. And, and it's just as simple as just calling a player up. I mean, that's where we were so tight against the cap, I couldn't even call a player up if I wanted to. And one of my things is I want to give young players a chance. I want to bring young players in here. And I think that's part of what this deal is. I mean, it's not so much moving Nikita out. It's having a young guy that I think might be able to do it. But might is because I don't know. I haven't seen him enough in the NHL yet. So, you know, time will tell on that. But it's an opportunity, and and I believe – if you watch 
Zari Pospisil when Matty Coronado was here. I mean, that's the, that's the future of this team, and, and, and that's what I believe. The the youth and, and the injection that they've given your team, that I know that it was something that was really important initially and, and right from the get-go. I'm just kind of curious as to how much that has even increased now that you've seen it here over the last month and a bit. Well, it's, it's fun because you're always hoping, you know, in years past, I mean, you know, when the roster was a little bit full, we didn't have room to bring up the young guys. And I always wondered, could these guys play if we've given them an opportunity? So the goal was to try to find a way to give them an opportunity and to see them come up and to see Zari possible. So like I said, all these guys come up and do it. I thought Dustin Wolf uh, wasn't at the game, but I got to watch the game after like the composure and, and what he did. I mean, it's, those are the, those are the things we're trying to do here. We're trying to build around a good crew, a good core of veteran guys and bringing in this youth. And we think that's how we're going to, kind of turn the, turn the ship in the right direction. And really, after losing the six games, with bringing them up, uh, they, were, they were a big part of why. The veterans did pick it up, but the young guys definitely uh, kind of brought that energy that uh, the team needed, even when we were down. And I want to go back to the other side of the retention. You, you brought it up a little bit, the fact that you don't use one of the three retention spots that you, uh, that you get to have in any given season. How, how important is that for the group going towards the trade deadline that you still have all three retention slots open? Well, it's huge. I mean, we talk about getting more assets, and I think if you've watched teams with the cap being so tight, where people are at the cap uh, – they need a third party to make deals, you know, and that's how a lot of teams have gotten picks and gotten extra, you know, draft capital. And, and, you know, I think this gives us an opportunity to have a a little bit more of an opportunity to get in that market where we haven't been able to before. Just a few more with Craig Conroy, GM of the Calgary Flames. How do you, uh, you've been here his entire tenure um, as, as AGM or GM. How do you, uh, how do you sum up Nikita's time as a member of your team? You know, Nikita is a great teammate. I mean, I think, you know what, I enjoyed being around him. I had fun with him. He's a very intelligent guy. And, uh, you know, he played hard every night. And he, he really enjoyed Calgary. And he, he loved being a Calgary Flame. And that's, you know, that's the, all you can ask him is him to try to do his best every night. And I thought Nikita did that. And he stuck up for his good teammates, sticking up for his teammates. And, you know, he, he was a real pleasure to be around, and, and I'm going to miss him. But in the end, again, like I said, you have to do what's right to the team, and I just felt like this point in time, this was the right move. How does this, how does this affect um, your approach with other pending unrestricted free agents, or does this affect the approach with your other pending unrestricted free agents? No, no it, doesn't, it doesn't affect it at all. You know, I think I'm just, uh, you know, I have an, a plan in my head, and, you know, we're just going to keep working through it. Last question for you, and that's just overall on uh, on on the fact that you were able to bring in some more assets. I know you even said it in the press release that came out uh, that you are looking to add assets and and help the future of the Calgary Flames. How how do you feel you've helped the future of the team with a, a couple of more picks into the cupboards here? You know, we we, we take every pick as important, whether it's the first pick. Or the seventh pick. I mean, that's what I tell the guys every year. You know, we need to make sure when we make a pick, we're not just, well, we have to love a guy. We want a guy to 
put on that Calgary Flames jersey and be proud of it. And I think we've done a great job. I love my, you know, amateur staff. They work hard, you know, and anytime I can get them an extra pick, uh, it's huge. And and it's also when you have picks, you have an opportunity to move picks for players also. So, you know, whether it's at the draft or you feel like there's a young player that you've targeted and you need to, use picks, it gives you that kind of draft capital and that kind of leverage to be able to make picks, just not at the draft, but also to be able to make trades. Appreciate the time. I know it's been a, uh, a busy day, Craig. Thanks for doing this, man. And, uh, yeah, really appreciate the time. And good luck against the Stars tonight, hey? Okay, thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Have a great night. You too. There's Craig Conroy, the general manager of the Calgary Flames, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975 at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Enjoying the game at home. You can call for pickup or delivery at 403-248-3344. There's the GM of the Flames on the Nikita Zadorov trade, which has been made with the Vancouver Canucks uh, today. And, you know, it uh, kind of the, the main takeaway I'd have is that they had their price and uh, they, they had a ballpark for what they were looking for, and they all of a sudden Vancouver called and was offering that ballpark, and they decided to uh, they decided to pounce and make the deal. Yeah, and in retrospect, listening to general manager Craig Conroy there, as much as this was about moving Nikita Zadorov, a player that had requested a trade, this is all about giving the Flames some much-needed flexibility. And we heard Craig Conroy talk, gives them the flexibility to call up young players and not have to fight the cap, which they've been dealing with all season long. It still gives them the uh, flexibility to retain on future deals because we do know that they've got some pending unrestricted free agents that they can really boost values on if they are able to eat some salary going back the other way. Gives them flexibility to use these picks in future deals. We heard him say that as well. Flexibility to take on salary in future deals and flexibility to act as a facilitator, a third party, because we all know how tough it is to move money in and around the trade deadline. The Calgary Flames still have that ability as well. So this is all about asset management for me and giving the Calgary Flames kids a chance to come up not have to worry about, okay, can we fit this guy in? Do we have to send somebody down in order to see player X and player Y's got to go the other way? This is all about giving Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames some flexibility and getting a return that they can sort of fit into what their expectation was. Uh, so the Flames have made their first in-season trade of the year, moving Nikita Zadorov to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a third and a fifth round pick. That's the move made on this Thursday, and uh, that has taken up uh, the entire hour. If you missed that uh, Craig Conroy piece, we'll also package it up and bonus it for you on the Flames Talk podcast feed so you can get a hold of that as well. Nikita Zadorov no longer a member of the Flames. Now now a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, for Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. For our producers, Cam and Taylor. My name is Pat. That'll wrap us up this hour. Uh, good to have you along. That was a uh, rather rapid fire hour. And uh, that'll do it for the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.